1: From the Liquor Barn Studios, it's time for The V Show, right here on ESPN 680 and 105.7. Now, here's Bobby V.
0: Not Quite Bobby V, Nick Valvano in today. Uh, as I see, was there a bet back there how I was going to start the show? Yep. Okay, I, I with have the Not bucks. Quite
2: Bobby V? Yep. When have you not <laughs> used Not Quite?
0: I didn't realize you I did that that much. I always quite. do Not Quite Bobby always. V. Really? Like All right. Every single time. Well, I'm like going to have to I'm going to have to taxes, do a different and thing. Not quite. Not quite. I didn't realize I, I did that that much. I'm going to have to work something else in. Well, it is not Bobby V. It is Nick Valvano uh, in for uh, Pops Today on the V Show. I am certainly not alone. You've already heard uh, the voices of my compatriots. Uh, the coach, Mark Lieberman, uh, sitting across from me. Our man, Tanner Brudemesso, the broody cutie on the ones and twos. Uh, got the uh, interns in the control room as well. Intern Maximilian, intern Gager. Always good seeing those two fellas. Um, Yeah, we got a loaded show for you. Uh, CL Brown is going to join at 1230. Talk about his latest piece about uh, Kenny Payne. Um, Elicited some response on the uh, interwebs. Uh, We'll talk to him about that. I also want to talk to him about his latest podcast, uh, the CL Brown Show. He had Jay Billis on. Jay Billis talked a little bit about UK and UofL. Uh, We'll talk to him about that at 1230. Weebs is going to dip out at 1.30. Uh, Eric Crawford will tag in. We'll talk about the locals and maybe get some uh, Super Bowl picks from uh, Eric Crawford then. The fabulous one, Phil Baker, is going to join the show. And uh, Pops is going to connect at uh, 2.30 to talk a little bit, preview tonight's matchup um, of the Cards and Orange Um and yeah, so we got a loaded show. We'll do a little We Want to Know Wednesday uh, from Gager. We got a sports center from intern Maximilian we're going to play and critique just heavily. And uh, if we have time, we will do a Big League Haircuts V-Stakes, courtesy of our friends at Big League Haircuts. five O Tuesdays, every Tuesday and Wednesday. Haircut ticket of two or more, uh, $5 off. Good, Don't know if good we'll have enough there. time. We never have enough time. It's a loaded damn show. It really is. Here's the thing. Last night, Leaves, leaves, not not quite completely loaded, but not...
2: Damn it. May I just digress quickly? Great job working on those handlebars. I'm watching you in there, Tanner. I appreciate it. He's really...
0: No, Tanner's got the... He's gone full Raleigh fingers on us. I freaking No question. No, it's great stuff. But here's the thing. Yesterday, and I'm not doing a woe is me. I was excited to do it. But... um, who is that right now on the Pat McAfee show? There's a guy dressed in a full Mario Lema- Lema- Vegas Knights oh. attire, complete with skates. completely off. No. I mean, he, well, he had 66. He that's had some new so yeah. I saw the black and gold. Yeah, so that's why I was like, that's not any, a real player. But yeah. A.J. Hawk's not in his box. No, he's not. He's uh, yeah. actually in person. Yeah. Oh, that's just one of the co hosts. I don't uh, uh, know his name. Schmidt, I guess. Is that his name? I don't know. I, I'm not super familiar with the show. It's always on when we're on, so I Dinner don't you know usually get to watch me. it. Sorry. Anyway, um, yesterday, I almost did the co- coverall on our programs. I ran my two shows, Mabin and the V Show. Mm-hmm. I did trivia with Diener in the morning. And then. How'd you do, by the way? Uh, I actually contributed. I contributed a little bit. I contributed to two of the answers. That's all you can do. Here's the thing I'm, I feel like I'm an X factor. I can definitely help out with random knowledge, general knowledge, if you will. I speak conversational pop culture, I feel like, maybe even higher than that. Mm -hmm. I think even just random science, I can speak broken. Like I know like (laughs) random facts. I got zoo books as a kid, man. So, like, you know, I can tell you about kingdoms and phylums and stuff like that occasionally. Um, I know a thing or two. I know a lot about. I know a little really about helps. a lot. Mm-hmm. I know a little about a lot. The thing is, those trivia's that Lee writes does a great job, but they're often very sports heavy, and oftentimes they're sports that were a little bit before my time. So I don't I feel like I can't contribute that much. But okay, I was see. able to contribute this go round. Okay. So yeah, because there was there was a lot of stuff happening in the aughts in the two thousands and I was able you know, I was able to it was a little bit more in my ballywick. wick. Okay. So I contributed. So I did that. I opened the drive with Mark Ennis. So I was on the board for the first forty minutes of that show. Then I closed out the round table with Round Daddy, me and Anna, uh the the last thirty minutes. Mm-hmm. So that was fun. I called her Shrek by mistake. That was, let me tell you, I'm great with the women. Called <laughs> the lovely and talented Anna Tarullo an ogre. And I wasn't trying to do the neg thing, you know, where you, you uh, didn't call you, her Fiona? No, no. I just said, just I, I, I said ogre. that she was like an ogre because okay. she had layers, like an onion, you know, like the line from the movie. And because I was trying to compliment, like, we we, we we hey, look, we deviated into what it's like to be a woman in sports journalism. Like Nikki the Lib, man. What, what, you know, we, mm-hmm. what can I say? We got into some, so, so, you know, sociology a little bit, and I was saying that she's not just a pretty face; she's got you know some depth to her. And I called her an ogre because onions and layers, and like it's a miracle I landed Jeanette because I swear. Okay, like, so we we
2: we closed
0: um, the round table with Anna. Yeah. Then we then we. Did the Gas Bags podcast. Check it out. iTunes, um, ESP Tanner, Janky myself, Tika Taco, shout out to them. They were our food sponsor. Absolutely fantastic Indian Mexican fusion. Good stuff there. Um but we recorded our ninth podcast. And the thing is, this is this is what all of this to get to what I'm saying. That one that podcast you can let your hair down a little bit. We can swear, you know, talk how we nor like really talk. And to go from that, where you know, podcast laced with profanity, to the next time I'm behind a microphone with you, where the FCC will, you know, curb stop me if I use the language I used in the podcast. It, it's, it's we can just, barricade the doors if you'd like. It, it's just it's a little tricky because I'm having to like self-edit. Where you know, I'm not saying how the truck are you, coach? You know, something along those lines. So it's just. Do you ever have to do that, like when when you go from coaching mm-hmm. to just talking to regular ass people? Of course. Like, do you have oh, like yeah. like the filter has to all of a sudden yes. self edit? My, my my brain is well trained. I've seen you in that go like it, like something comes over you, mm-hmm. like you don't like. Gla- it's not like you glaze over, but there's just you kind of go super saiyan, and there's just like this glow and like heat radiating off of you. When you get mad at the interns, like I see it, like I, I'm there's like, a, oh crap, he's going coach, he's going full super coach. Correct. There's a Jekyll and Hyde
2: to me. That's always been, and I've, I've, over the years, I've really, kind of just made it, just perfected it, where I can get by with being <laughs> not my coach. Uh, mindset and yeah yeah it's uh it's not easy nick there's a lot that goes into
0: it there's like jedi training jedi training Mm -hmm. a little mindfulness there Mm -hmm. you go uh speaking of mindfulness that was not a good segue um but we'd love to hear from you guys um which uh the listeners um on the ups jobs text line 4379680 please be part of the show uh we love reading your texts uh preferably the ones um that are friendly, but we'll read the mean ones too. Um, <laughs> this texter sent in the uh, a, a gif of uh, Tyrion Lannister saying, mm-hmm. I, "You know that's what I do. I drink I and dr- I know things." I drink and I know things. And I said that that's me on trivia. It's a so great I appreciate. Gif, yes. yes, we Spring Street, our sponsor for the Menage Montage, does trivia on Mondays, mm-hmm. seven o'clock. Cash prizes to the top three teams. I seriously think we need to put together a team and go i think that would be a lot of fun the dream team the dream team like biscuit Mm -hmm. has long since been trying to get on jeopardy and up until he got like a new job which you know and he works like all night um he was the go-to guy on trivia Mm -hmm. for but you know he's understandably usually sleeping um at that time understandably understandably um but he would be a guy. Pops knows, like, oh, random yeah. crap. Sure does. You know random crap. Phil knows random crap. Tanner, I don't think, knows anything. But, um, no one will no. leave him out. I'm He's kidding. A- I'm kidding, Tanner. Tanner actually... He's a reserve. Ta- yeah. Ta- I don't know how many people we can have on the team. Like, that's the thing. Like, you know, if we could have, like, six people, I would take Tanner. But if it's five, eh. my starting five is Phil, Biscuit, me, you, Pops. I think that, that's a solid starting five. It's a heck of a starting five. It's a heck of a starting five. Blank and Deaner know some decent stuff too, but I don't think they play with me. That's the difference. Um, Save that for the next tape. Absolutely, put that one on there. All right, so tonight U of L basketball. If they win tonight, they call that a winning streak, coach. They do now. Uh, who is it? Benny Williams? Is he the kid that got t- kicked off yep. the team? I mean, not a massive player for them, but de- an an inside some presence, an inside sure. presence, add some depth to their front court. They're mm-hmm. banged up in their front court, so uh, you know he definitely is a contributor. I forgot what he's averaging this year. Last year he averaged like seven points, he's averaging
2: five point four, a little believe, bit down about from last year, four
0: and a half rebounds. I- a block a game okay there you go so um but still having a guy uh, a guy that was playing minutes i mean he was he was in their lineup but having a guy dismissed from the team what's that do mid-season i mean coach i'm sure you've had to do that occasionally Mm -hmm. does that mess up the mojo or i mean he's he's had a season that was i mean the story i read i mean he got suspended at the beginning of the year he basically shoulder checked coach autry you know after their 30 point loss to wake forest he storms off the field or off the court i'm not i don't know this kid from adam i don't want to cast dispersions i don't know but it seems like he's a guy that's had some on court and off court issues when you dismiss a player like that does it do more to help the team eliminating, you know, maybe a bad locker room presence, or does it hurt the team more because it's messing up the mojo?
2: You basically answered some of those questions because that's every situation is different. Um, and it can, it could be a situation where this is only affecting our team negatively and we got to make that change. And if you're going to do something eventually, you need to do it immediately. Right. You can't spend again. You can't spend eighty percent of your time on twenty percent of your players. You got to have team guys. And this time of the year, Nick, it's you know we're into February, and it's it's been a long, arduous process for all these teams. They've had from uh, as soon as they got back into school in September, from workouts to practices. It's 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 a lot, and that's why you have to have a lot of leadership. And when you recruit. And when you bring players in, you better have some locker room leaders because right. you're not in there as a coach. And they're spending time. They're talking to each other. They're always engaging each other. You got to make sure you have some guys in there that that can can brunt that load. And you know, championship teams are player led. You got to have those type of players, the Peyton Sivas of the world, who can hey. You know, this is what you have to accomplish. This is what you have to do. And no matter what a coach is saying, you know, it's understand the message. So in this situation, you know, I can't speak to it since I'm not there. But I've been around that. And sometimes, yeah, you can get better. But if you're losing talent, you know, you need to figure out a way that those minutes, um, guys who hadn't played or guys who were going to play extensive minutes that hadn't. So you're kind of morphing and changing what you're doing. Um, And it works sometimes. And sometimes, you know, it just... It, it it doesn't pan out, so this will be interesting to see. You know how this plays out. It's not a situation like Karan Davis, who wasn't playing. This is a guy who was right. contributing. Yeah, he the, was a contributor. Yeah. Right. Look, last game. What was against,
0: the stat line again? You read it. Yeah. Well,
2: it was it was roughly over five points a game and four mm-hmm. rebounds in the blocking game. Last game against Wake Forest. I mean, they lose by twenty nine. He plays twenty four minutes. He scores seven points. He has eight rebounds. Four assists. And so those type of things, you know, you, you got to replace that. So it's it's not easy. But as a coach, that's what your your job is to figure out, okay, this didn't fit. And, you know, it's a shame that it happened this late in the year, but it happens on teams in every sport.
0: I mean, it's always tough, I feel like, also being the guy after the guy. What do you think of the job Coach Adrian Autry has done so far up there?
2: Yeah, I mean... At this point, they're, you know, they've won 14 games. They're, 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 they're in the mix. Um, they've struggled. They've lost three of their last
0: four. So, lost their past two road mm-hmm. games. Yep. And, and this, what, the second worst loss in their ACC history coming at the hands of Wake Forest yeah. in that 29 point blowout?
2: Well, we know how well Wake Forest can, you know, shoot the ball. And last night they blew out Georgia Tech. Right. At Georgia Tech. So, they're coming around. They shoot the ball so well. Um, you know, losing at Boston College by five in conference. You know, you but they're right before that you beat NC State by thirty. So they've been very Jekyll and Hyde as well um, in 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 how they've they've played. But you know, they've gotten away from the zone. They've played a lot more man. So it's a different type of system that that he's recruited for. Right, and it's his first year and to flesh out and to understand that you know you're trying to instill your values with a in a program that's like you said. Coach Beheim was there for forever, so you're trying to figure that out. And for what he's done this year, you have to commend them. Um, they have a chance to make the tournament.
0: They've gotten away from zone, mm-hmm. but they still do play it a
2: little. They'll bit play like that. They'll play some zone, but it's it, at the core they've become more more man to man.
0: Is that does that bode better for U of L, a team that has to get to the rim? Yeah, I, I mean, it. look
2: if if you know what carries over from their last game. And putting where a a Tyler Johnson can just go, use a ball screen, get out in transition, where they're just free-flowing and playing faster, it's easier against... In that type of situation where he doesn't have to dissect the zone and right. the, the, and so on, the ball can stay in his hands. you know you 're not standing as much you're moving against a zone. What happens a lot of times is perimeter guys will stand and watch and, and that's what the zone that allows them to recover back to shooters they don't have to slide, meaning the zone doesn't get contorted and and there's there's situations where you're not sure who you matched up on so in right. this situation, yeah um, and if they play fast and and continue doing what they did last game. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's the formula for them right now.
0: What would you think of the performance last game? Because, like, to me... As I clear my throat... Um, I've never used that button. I'd like to use that The cough button, yeah. Use that That is your cough button. Don't use that cough button. That's so the other I, button.
2: if I cough, like, profusely and
0: I, I don't hit if this button... If you hit that button, I'm you're going to cough that mic. <laughs> you're not going to cough your mic, yeah. Gotcha. So, yeah. But, like, to me, I mean, and obviously, I don't have... The X's and O mind that you do, but just watching it, I thought it was it was a lot of fun. Somehow Tyler Johnson and Brandon Huntley Hatfield seemed to be just connected at the hip. I mean Tyler, Tyler Johnson, ACC Rookie of the Week. Mm-hmm. I mean, 20... and the numbers he put up that never been done. In no, the I was basketball about to say it's just t- phenomenal. I mean, the first player to ever have what the over twenty five points, ten assists, and five. Rebounds. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's incredible. I mean, there's been some pretty good players that have come through U of L, and the fact he was the first sure. one to ever do that. But to me, okay, I was watching that game, and for the first time, it looked like it, a game this year that there were actual highlights. Like if you watched the high, like you know, the game highlights, it's not a Curtis Williams knocking down a three to cut it to nine. It's not, you know, a, a put back and one from JJ Trainer to cut it to twelve. You know, it was. Tyler Johnson threading the needle to Brandon Huntley-Hatfield, Huntley-Hatfield dunking the ball, Tyler Johnson with the little step back, you know, behind the back passes, Mm -hmm. Caleb Glenn getting a a ball in transition and flushing it home. I mean, it was was a game full of highlights. That said, as much fun as it was, you still look at the score and they allowed 92 points. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a good defensive game by any stretch but overall what would you grade the performance because as much fun as it was i do think not to lick the sprinkles off the donut there was still there was still some stuff to be like hey you know things are still A little broken on the team. Right.
2: Um, You know, they take the lead early in the first half. Then they allow Florida State to get out in transition. Right. Which is what they've struggled with this year is their transition defense and so on. That's where your offense helps your defense. Because when you score, it's easier to get set. It's easier to do those type of things. Get to the free throw line, which... Mike James was able to do and some of the other what players. they get were able to the line
0: 80 times or something uh, like that? It was I think it was 136. <laughs> that
2: game seemed to take forever. <laughs> it did. It <laughs> but if they can do that, it really helps them to get set because they have struggled matching up, getting set defensively. It's not enough to get back, but you have to get set and understand what teams are doing, identifying shooters, stopping the ball, veering them, making them go east and west, those type of things, which are paramount to becoming a good defensive team. But offensively, look we we've talked about it. they have improved on that end they have been able to to identify and i think the ro- rotation now it's become you know that they've simplified it because of the players they have available right now guys are kind of understanding who they are what their roles are and it takes time um you know, you hope to have that ready by the beginning of the season, but because of injuries, because of what's happened, they've they've got to those guys that they feel that they can play and trust. And Tyler's a guy. Um, I'm hoping he comes out tonight. And, look, you're, you're young. You're a freshman. Sometimes, as a coach, what I would do is you bring him in and you show him some of the mistakes. Right. And you watch film with him. And then on the floor, you, you're, you don't have to be, you know – Brutal with him, but you want to be hard on him to understand. Okay, that's one game. The great, you know, great players are consistent. So what you bring tonight is important, rather than just resting on your laurels of, of what happened last game. So that's what happens. You know, he's he's feeling all the love, which is great. Right. He deserves it. But now you have to come out. You have to you know, recalibrate and get them focused into what's happening tonight, what Syracuse does, and that game is over. How
0: challenging so, is that? Because that's extremely challenging. Especially because Marcus and Steve brought this up, and they said that when you have a game like that with a fan base like Louisville, even though things are down, even though... You know there's there hasn't been a ton to celebrate I mean you saw what the environment in that arena was like mm-hmm. it's I don't want to say it was completely raucous because it wasn't a sellout but it was the best environment that, that you've seen this season probably, I probably say you know second half of last season included I mean it was a really really fun environment people were excited even the most ardent KP detractors were able to let their hair down and have fun for a night I mean you saw it on social media all that said, this is a fan base. When you have a game like that, people will pat you on the back and compliment you and, and everything. He's still a freshman. Um, what's that? How do you get somebody to like kind of keep a level head? Because I mean, Marcus said that anytime one of the players had a good game, they went right to the mall. They went right to the mall, like, and then you know people would be you know showering them with praise and adulation. I mean, this is a freshman kid who has an all-time performance. How do you get him? To get in the film room And tell him Like hey Great job You deserve praise But we gotta improve Here here and here How do you get Like the like their head To not get too big You know
2: there's Speaking of that Like that, there's an old adage The more you get tapped and patted on the back, the bigger you know your head's going to grow and, and right. those type of things. So yeah, you want to keep them grounded. That's, that's where you know what we just talked about from film to coaching to really being meticulous with the details about the mistakes and improve on those and how you can get better. But you have a, a young man who wants to be great. So right. if you want to be great, you embrace that. You want to have players on your team that understand that. I want to get better. You know, there's the old Michael Jordan story after they won the national championship when he was a freshman at North Carolina and he hits the jump shot. And the next day when they're back, Roy Williams was an assistant coach and walked in at 7 a.m. and there's Michael Jordan shooting jump shots. So those are the type of things. Are you putting the extra work in? Are you doing those? Th- are you staying with a coach? Are you staying with a manager after practice? Are you dissecting? Hey, how can we attack Syracuse in what way? So those are the type of things that you have to do, and it, it's it takes a village, especially in coaching. You know, and we just talked about the player impact. So there's got to be maybe you know a, a Brandley, uh, uh huntley Hatfield comes over and says, hey, great job. Let's, let's keep this going. We've got to continue to, to, to ride this wave. So whether it's the players, it's the coaches, it's the, the trainers, everybody that's associated with the program, hey, that's one game. Let's build on this. So, right. you know, let's let, and that's important. And, and for, for, for Tyler, he's got to understand that. He might make, make a mistake early on in the game, but that's okay. Just battle through that and compete. That's the most important part.
0: He's the coach Mark Lieberman Nick Falvano and for Bobby V today on the V show take a quick bottom of the hour break on the other side from the CJ CL Brown a lot of uh, a lot of uh, initials there from the CJ CL Brown CL Brown will join us and he'll talk a, bit, a little bit about his latest piece um, involving Kenny Payne and U L. and I also want to ask him some questions about his podcast he had with uh with Jay Billis all that and more you're listening to the v show on we want to know Wednesday on ESPN 680-1057.
1: More V-Show with Bob Valvano is now right here on ESPN 680
0: and 105.7. V-Show continuing on a We Want to Know Wednesday here on ESPN 680, 105.7. Pops up in Syracuse uh, out today. He will join us coming up at 2.30 with a little game preview. Uh, It's your boy, Nick Valvano, uh, in along with Coach Mark Lieberman, Tanner Bertamesso, holding down the fort for Pops. Uh, very pleased to be joined by the Courier Journal, C.L. Brown. Now, uh, C- at C.L. Brown Hoops on Twitter. C.L., how are you this fine Wednesday?
1: Doing great. Feeling great. Excellent. <laughs> I feel like uh, trading places. Feeling great, Mortimer.
0: <laughs> great line, C.L. <laughs> I was going to say, that was right in, right in Coach uh, Leibs' his wheelhouse. Uh, he's, our, uh, he's sort of our... Uh, TV and movie quote consigliere sort of yeah <laughs> well, that's okay fine. that's fair you are you are okay, I'm sorry, that's I'm sorry. yeah my bad my bad CL it's Super Bowl week do you have any Super Bowl plans before we get into hoops
1: I do not I, I'm, I'm not an NFL guy anymore um, I used to be and when I used to be if the Steelers weren't playing in it I would I would halfway pay attention like I, I was a little bit of a hater in that regard but um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it, I feel like it's an interesting matchup. Uh, I, I would have rather seen Lamar Jackson <laughs> in the Super Bowl, but um, you know, uh, I think I think Mahomes and the Chiefs are basically the new Belichick and Brady, and I, I would be surprised if they don't win.
0: No, I'm, I'm with you. I'm picking the uh, the Chiefs, although I've been ice cold with any of my gambling picks uh, the past like week and a half. So you might want to fade it and take the Niners. Uh, but no, absolutely. You got a favorite uh, Super Bowl snack if you uh, were to go to a party?
1: Probably like the little pizza rolls. I yes. don't know. <laughs> yes. You know, something like a little light. But
2: filling, you feel me? Yeah. Nick is really hitting you with the hard hitting questions. Oh yeah, so no, no, I've got a bunch no of softballs I, for you. I've got
0: a bunch of questions for for college hoops. Don't worry, we are getting to those. But we got we got to start. It is the V show. We talk food here. Uh, fun fun little pro tip for all the chubby kids out there. Um, if you take a thing of pizza rolls because pizza rolls are great, but they only have two like temperatures, still kind of frozen and nuclear hot. If you just take a bag. And you put it in the fridge They will defrost And you get like Cold pizza bites—you could just eat them straight out of the bag. They're the best snack ever. Uh, there might be a slight chance of salmonella poisoning, but Knockwood—I've never had to deal with it. So, just for all the listeners out there, that's a little life hack for. Uh, is that, uh, pizza is that worth
1: the slight chance? I, I,
0: I've rolled the dice many a times in college and, and post college in Knockwood. I've never gotten food poisoning from that. From some of the other bad food decisions, absolutely, but never from pizza rolls. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we bring you here on The V Show. All right. The, the real reason, I mean, the main reason, always like talking about nonsense with CL, but much, much, much prefer talking um, hoops. Uh, in the latest episode, CL Brown Show, you had Jay Billis. Before we get to the L and, and your story about Kenny Payne, I wanted to take a moment to talk a little bit about UK. Last night, they absolutely obliterate Vanderbilt. Jay Billis um, said UK has had a hard time um, having both an offensive and defensive identity, specifically when uh, they have such a strong offensive presence. UK, they hold Vandy to under 80 last night. It's a six win Vandy team. It's nothing, you know, they're not exactly a powerhouse with respect to Jerry Stackhouse. Uh, Did they do anything to kind of right the ship defensively or maybe find that identity last night, in your opinion?
1: Well,. I'll yes and no like it's good to beat a bad team like they're supposed to be beaten you know like they, they didn't go down there and play around and allow them to stay in the game and that kind of stuff but to me it was still more of an offensive that that's what they can do we we know they can do that you know um what were they 10 of something crazy 10 of 13 or something from three they started out right um so you know they have that offensive firepower fire power to bury anybody, but I'm more impressed with kind of that Arkansas game, where they weren't in their element, where it wasn't a free willing you know transition game, and they were up and down the court. It was an ugly game; they grinded it out. You know, um, to me that was more telling. Last night was just kind of par for the course. Um, it's it's good to get a road win, obviously. Uh, You can't take those for granted, especially in in a year where a lot of top 10 teams have lost to unranked teams on the road. But Vanderbilt isn't in a place. If it was last year's Vanderbilt team, I'd probably be more impressed, but they're not in a place this season where that's really, you know, I don't know. They They didn't really do much. But I do think for a young team, any performance that's good like that is a confidence builder. So maybe that will help you know, just moving forward, going into, uh,
0: Gonzaga. CL Brown joining us from the courier journal at CL Brown hoops on Twitter. If you want to give him a follow, uh, you wrote a piece that got a lot of, uh, response, at least on our airwaves and on social media, talking a little bit about how Kenny Payne should be judged, uh, by the whole of his season and whether or not that will translate into, you know, a year three, um, you make note in that story that I mean this was a very front loaded a c c schedule I mean the only opponent they have in the top half of the uh, a c c is duke on the twenty eighth There's winnable games here first and foremost, how do you predict u of l finishes the season with that lighter uh conference schedule
1: honestly um This team is extremely hard to predict. (laughs) Absolutely. You know, uh, I I was saying that right before the Florida State game, thinking that um, actually suggesting someone bet that, uh, you know, bet Florida State for the first half because UofL had been getting off to slow starts and they hadn't led at halftime, I think, since the Pepperdine game, if I'm not mistaken. And, of course, they go out and, you know, (laughs) get off to a great start. They're leading at halftime. My friend loses the bet um, and, you know, go off, they go on to, to a good win. So, uh, well, a great win for the team. So uh, they're hard to predict, but I think at the very least, let's say just regular season, not including AC tournament, uh, let's say five games. They have five home games, uh, all, all against winnable kind of foes. Um, uh, I think they can get at least five.
0: With that said, I'm happy you said five because you, you talked about this in the podcast, talked about it in your story, is five wins and some improvement enough for a year three?
1: Well, that's not a question. I, I, I think what's going to have to happen for him to get a year three, um, it would have to be more than that. It would have to be a lot of momentum to where you're, you feel like there's improvement, to where, you know, uh, winning a couple of games in the ACC tournament, winning, winning a game you're not supposed to win. At this point, I don't know if they're supposed to win any of them, but, you know, like against a top, a top what, four in the conference kind of team, you know, yeah. when, winning a game like that, like Georgia Tech beating Carolina and Duke, you know what I mean? Those are games they're not supposed to win. Even at home, they're not supposed to win those games, and they've won those games. So they, they would have to pull out something like that, Some, something to give hope because I don't think there's hope. But the, the point of the column was just to say, like, judge him on the total. Let's not jump, you know, Jeff Goodman is my guy. You know what I'm saying? But to say Kenny was the worst hire of 2000s and the season isn't over yet, I thought was premature. You know what I mean? Uh, And and even he, I had him on the podcast. Even he said, you know, obviously he could have put uh, the guy at New Mexico State, I forgot his name, last year who had, you know, basically didn't finish the season and uh, had to step down and everything with with all the stuff that went on there. But um, I just think, you know, just everybody take a breath, take a pause. Because what I feel like is – UofL hasn't had a, a good reset yet. You know what I mean? Like, uh, even when Chris Mack came in, um, there was still kind of, um, you know, hangover, if you will, from, from NCAA uh, investigations. And, and there, there hasn't been a good reset to me. I, I just feel like if you're, if you're going to get rid of him, without just allowing this whole season to play out, without, you know, taking – factoring everything into – taking everything into consideration, I think it's, it's premature, and I think it, it won't bode well for whoever the next head coach is coming in. You know what I'm saying? I, I feel like if right. it's going to happen, it needs to be clean. It needs to be – you know, it, it, it has to be – Kenny Payne exhausted, you know, his chances, and, and and I'm fine with that. Like, I don't think there's a problem – with a coach getting fired after two years, if, if that's the right move. But let's just make sure it's the right move.
0: Absolutely. C.L. Brown with the Courier-Journal joining us now on the V-Show. Um, with, that, with that said, I don't think it solely has to be uh, wins and losses. I do think recruiting can play a major part in this. If Kenny Payne was able to land a player like Carter Knox... I mean, Jay, Jay brought it up in the the podcast with you, talking about how if a coach is on shaky ground, what that can do for recruiting, and how he had to deal with that with with Coach K and his recruitment to Duke. But if Kenny Payne lands a Carter Knox and does makes a little bit of a splash on the recruiting trail, trail what impact, if any, does that have on year three? It
1: it could have a big impact, but it's it's like a catch twenty two because how are you going to land a crew when there's uncertainty about your job status? I mean, that's, that's what they're going through right now. And, and even having guys, you know, uh, seriously lend an ear because they hear the same stuff. You know, they, they know that, uh, Kenny isn't necessarily on the the firmest of grounds here. And nobody wants to go to a place and end up playing for a coach that they didn't commit to, you know? So, it's it's made recruiting tougher right now for him and and i don't really see an answer i don't really know how you get around that um short of some kind of announcement saying that he's going to be back for a third year you know what i mean and even then it's still a little bit of a risk for a recruit because if you're saying he's back for a third year (laughs) that doesn't mean he's going to be there to forfeit you know that that just means starting the year on the hot sheet so um, all of that will factor in. It, it kind of reminds me of, of way back when I covered uh, Mike Davis at, at IU. And um, Josh Smith was probably going to go pro anyway at the end of the day. But he was entertaining. IU was, you know, essentially his front-runner school at the time. But because Mike Davis, the job status of Mike Davis, you know, they didn't want to really get involved with it.
0: CL Brown joining us at CL Brown Hoops on Twitter. CL, if if he is given if he is given that third year, what's the best way to rebuild the team? Is it through recruiting and freshmen or is it through the transfer portal and getting a little bit more experience in this very, very inexperienced team? You make note about how it might not be the transfer portal, citing Arkansas as an example, but if he is given that third year, is the answer coming from recruiting or the transfer
1: portal? I, I still think it's a mixture of both. I think I think there are a lot of pieces in place for this team to be really good. If everybody stays, if the core stays uh, another year, I think you just have to add, and this would be a portal addition because I don't think unless it's you know an elite level top twenty guy coming in. I think you have to go older in the portal and supplement what you have. And then obviously uh, you'll you'll be depending on the guys returning to make an improvement from where they are, you know, um, but I, I see a lot of, of positive with the pieces that they have right now. And they just, to me, they just would need to supplement what they have. So the, the, the short answer to that would be the portal. key key additions from the portal, I think, could get them um, back to the tournament next
0: season. CL, a couple more before before we get you out of here. A texter wanted me to ask you about the Gary Parish sound. Um, If we go the other way, that's that's the answer uh, if Kenny Payne keeps the job. Um, I know it's been sort of a... uh, We put a moratorium on talking about who the next person could be while there is a coach in place on the B Show, but still it is a major talking point. Gary Parrish mentioned Nate Oates as a possibility. What do you think about him being the next one if Louisville goes that direction? um, Or is there a better option that you think, a better fit for UofL?
1: Um, I think that. I think Nate Oates is, is. I think he's a great coach. Um, I don't know that temperament-wise, I'm not sure he'd necessarily be the fit here. And I I say that with an asterisk because it's not like I haven't been around him a ton, you know, so I I can't, I don't profess to know him and kind of know exactly how he would fit in here. But I I do know I love watching his teams play, especially offensively. And, uh, you know, um, I, I think the, the L fans would, would like him in place, too. In terms of who I think might be a perfect kind of fit, that's a good question. Because, <laughs> honestly, I haven't, I haven't thought it all the way out because I think a number of guys would be good fits here, you know, and could win games here. Um but it's like like someone like Chris Beard, I think you could see the positives and negatives. On 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 one hand, you probably need somebody who's above reproach. You know, if when they start interviewing candidates, they don't they don't need somebody who, you know, could draw some kind of controversy and obviously Chris Beard would be a little bit controversial for, for coming in here. Right. You know. And, you know, I mean there's a whole lot to be said for if he would even entertain leaving Ole Miss after a year when they gave him the opportunity to get back, you know, at the high level. So, um, so yeah, I, I mean, I kind of feel like that. I mean, I think somebody like Shaka Smart, who isn't necessarily, um, I haven't necessarily seen a whole lot of people talk about him as a candidate, but I mean, I, I, I would kick tires on him, <laughs> you know, and see if he'd be interested. And coming down, I, I really respect what he's done um, throughout his career, and especially at Marquette. After I think a lot of people kind of wrote him off after he was at Texas. So you know, that's that's a great question and one I'm sure we'll be revisiting. But um, yeah, I don't I don't have a clear cut. This this would be the guy for for U of L. Well,
0: I mean, with that said, a texter just came in. What's the temperament U of L needs? Um, could you expound on that a little bit, and also is that the number one? Uh, again, if Louisville goes in this uh, in this direction, what is the number one um, quality that they need to be looking at for the next person?
1: Well, uh, proven winner is is definitely up there. Um, someone who is is clean with compliance. You know, never had any kind of issues with that um somebody who uh who i think is good with the media or at least not not self-serving not in a self-serving sense uh, to appease us but someone who who puts themselves out there like it, it feels like they're accessible uh one thing about john calipari you know that we saw when they lost to tennessee there was a lot of uk fans Mad that he didn't do his post game radio. You know, he sent um, Orlando out there to do it, and so it's it, it's like that. Like you, you know, he doesn't do the press conferences during the week. That kind of thing. You don't really hear from him except on his show, his radio show, and post games after games. So I, I think U of L needs somebody who is who's kind of out there, who's willing to be, you know. Um, if not in the community just you know we we hear his voice a lot and i think that's one thing that's hurt kenny is i'm not sure i I feel like he's played it close to the vest I, i don't feel like he's allowed himself to kind of show his personality and and kind of be out more um but to be fair to him after 4 and 28 i'm not sure anybody wanted to hear him either
0: yeah, no. I, like, at at first, I kind of thought that was a refreshing change, as it seemed that there were a lot of leaks in the UFL athletic department, and things were coming out, and that just led to you know scuttlebutt and rumors and everything like that. I was actually impressed with Kenny Payne and, and, and this coaching staff with their ability to kind of keep things close to the vest. But I totally agree with you. I think it's gone from maybe being a potential positive to being a bit of a detriment. So uh, we will see uh, what the future holds for Kenny Payne and company. I always appreciate the time. Before we get you out of here, going from the micro of U of L to the macro of college hoops, who is your current final four?
1: I would go with UConn. UConn is my favorite right now to win it again. Um, I, I, I would like to throw Purdue in there. I just don't trust them in the postseason. It's one of those things until. They're they're essentially the cowboys at this point until they actually do it. Like I, I don't really care what you did in the regular season, you know. Um, and I think mentally they're gonna have to get over that, huh? But I I would probably still put Carolina in there even though they lost last night. And um, I I need like a wild card team um, who's not necessarily uh, uh, everybody's pick right now, and and some team that would obviously be a surprise so I would say somebody like South Carolina just just I know that's way out of the blue but they, they remind me a lot of that 2017 team that made the final four in terms of how how physically tough they can be and how well they play defense so I'll, I'll throw them in
0: as a wild card. Awesome. Well, there we go. CL Brown, always appreciate the time. At CL Brown Hoops on Twitter. Give him a follow. Subscribe to his podcast and catch all the stuff at the Courier Journal. CL, appreciate it, man. Enjoy the Super Bowl this weekend, um, but more likely the college hoops.
1: All right, appreciate
0: you, Nick. Thanks, man. C.L. Brown, always appreciate the time with him. Good stuff. Uh, if you miss that, head to the GE Appliances podcast. Center, ESPNLevel dot com, iTunes, and on SoundCloud. Uh, momentarily, we will have that up for you. So, good stuff there. What were mm-hmm. your thoughts on uh, C.L.'s thoughts? No, Coach he's Leibs? he's he's right. It's it's um
2: as far as you know, Coach Payne's situation, right? And we're evaluating and, and seeing the, the improvements, and, and right they they come incrementally um and yeah i mean let's see how this this plays out these last you know uh 10 or so games and and again as he talked about a a road win maybe winning at pittsburgh and those type of things will be good for 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 the staff and, and and the players as well
0: yeah, we are. We do come from the temple of letting the cake bake on the show. You so. love the cake baking. The cake bake. It's it's a it's a, it's a mantra. It's a I, w- mantra I would
2: throw in um, Tennessee. That that to me, it's a that's a team. I, I yeah. think they have all the pieces. Well, I think they're they're loaded for what's me you, as a final four team. What's your final four? My final four: UConn, uh, Tennessee, mm-hmm. uh, New Mexico, and uh, that last one. Let's go Purdue.
0: Really? Yeah. No Kansas or Houston or anybody. Uh, no. Just, right. uh, so you're 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 banking that Purdue gets it done in the postseason. Yeah, they don't I, have the Maloku. I on like them Coach Painter.
2: I'm, um, I've got to know him on um you know on recruiting trails and, and and whatnot. And I just think, uh, you know, you have you can't win a championship until your heart's broken. So right. you know, it happened with Coach Bennett at Virginia. So let's see if uh, they can
0: build on what happened last year and and turn it around. There you go, coach and coach Leaves is a uh, final four. Uh, let's take a top of the hour uh, break and we will um, come to you on the other side. Clean up the text line. Maybe play a little bit of Jeff Fromm's press conference from earlier today. I'm not sure. Uh, we'll play that by ear. Uh, but Eric Crawford will join at 1:30. Um, that's uh, that's uh, setting up the next hour on the V Show. Fabulous one, Phil Baker will also tag in uh, as we will bid adieu to leaves around 1:30. So um, action packed hour coming up. Remember, Bobby V joins at 2:30. You're listening to the V Show on ESPN 680 105.7. We want to know Wednesday.